Yo, is this thing on? Man, whatever. Walk with me. Welcome back to Walk with TFB. Tim Bryson here, and as y'all know, I'm a Black millennial who is eager to have unfiltered conversation with authentic people centered on education, sport, and culture. Today, we are walking with an explorer, creator, and a role model. A native of Hampton, Virginia, she earned her bachelor's degree in health science preclinical from the University of Central Florida. While at UCF, she's a two-time second-team All-American sprinter on the track and field team. She later went on to earn her MBA and master's in sport business management from the DeVos program, also at U University of Central Florida. Originally recognized as a rising star in college athletics, our guest has arrived and is only getting better. Her experiences in career readiness, leadership development, and diversity inclusion are impressive and make her a significant leader in helping to shape the future of higher education. But she is more than just her nine to five. She's a founder of Crystal Creates LLC. Former paintings represent blackness, womanhood, and pop culture, but her art has no limits. Simply put, what she sees is what she paints. We are excited to walk and learn with this black millennial leader on today's show. So without further ado, y'all help me welcome Crystal Peterson. Crystal P, what's good, homie? Yo, first of all, you make me sound so incredible. I was like, who's this person that he's talking about? That's like, you. I want to meet, meet them. That's you. You know that's you. Come on now. Nah, Come on. nah, stop, stop. stop. <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? You know, it's Sunday. I'm, I'm up. The Lord gave me another day to rejoice in, so I'm just happy to be here. Thanks again. This is amazing, and this is awesome. I appreciate it. I'm still mad you thought it was a joke, like, you're getting punked. I'm like, yo. No, <laughs> so, like, even at right now, at any point in time, Tim, if you're like, you know what? This is cool. I thought you were the person. Yeah, we can stop this right now. I'm totally okay. I just thought this was a joke when you messaged me. Uh, we thought it was Tuesday when it was Thursday. <laughs> life was happening for us but you know i was like he must he must be joking he has to be joking uh, not joking like i said it's all purposeful and i'm glad you said yes let me continue to say yes to things you're passionate about things that you know uh, feel your vision your purpose and so we're excited to have you on the pod especially during this season because i don't know if you remember and it might have been maybe a year ago at this point but i sent you a message like yo are you gonna sell your shit on uh <laughs> remember this yes yes Yes, it was, was like three, find before a, COVID, right? Like, or yes, during, yes, yes. I was trying to find a message. I couldn't find it beforehand. I had to find it after this, but. Yes. Purpose is good, yo. Purpose can't wait. But I know you're one third of CP3, which I know we're going to unpack that as well. <laughs> uh, but Crystal, you know how this shit goes. Three segments. Uh, first question, of course, is what's your story? So just take the next however long you need. Just talk to us, Crystal. Like, what's your story? Um, You know, uh what's my story? You can just start from so many different uh, chapters, I believe, but I guess I'll start because we're talking about, you know, culture, we're talking about art, buying Black. So I'll, I'll start when I first realized that this art stuff was for me, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so originally from Houston, Texas, not a lot of people know that H-Town, but I'm also from Hampton, Virginia. So the 7-5 for most people who would call it that. Uh, but growing up in the 7-5, I just... I don't know. I think I was just a creator at heart. My mom talks about me making comic books or books in general, just from the from a little age. I would just write about random stuff, draw pictures, have my mom read it, staple it, all types of stuff. My mom has so many different archives of just crystal series that she calls them um, when I was growing up. And then, you know, living in an apartment, there's not a lot of trees <laughs> or forests. <laughs> So, you know, I saw a lot of tree houses and I wanted a tree house. So because I don't have a tree to put one in, I actually made a tree house in my house out of paper. Oh. And my mom was really mad because she needed that paper because <laughs> I just glued them all together, stapled them, taped them until I got this really big house. And I was just like, this is it. I don't know, just something about creation and creating was just natural to me. And it wasn't until I was in elementary school or middle school, I can't remember, but there was a project or a contest that said a day in the life, like a day in the life. Mm -hmm. And you could just go with it however you want. And I remember sitting on my porch, um, actually my balcony, looking out on my street. And for some reason, I just wanted to paint my street, just draw it. And I remember on just like eight by 11, just a regular sheet of paper, just drawing my street. And I submitted it and not thinking anything of it because to me, it looked terrible. It was just whatever. 
and I won. I won the competition. And what happened was you got your picture in the newspaper and I think a hundred dollars just you know, whatever, a hundred dollars is a lot to a kid. But that was really cool to me just to be in the paper for a drawing that I didn't think was going to go very far, but somebody thought it was very impactful. Just a day in the life of Crystal P, I guess. So that probably was the catalyst to Crystal Creates, if you say, or just to me, like stepping into my my creativeness. Um, So my mom doesn't know where this came from. She says, I have no creative bone in me at all. My dad says the same thing. I honestly think I get it from my aunt. She is so brilliant in just the things that she does. She made a baby carriage out of fruit, like an actual functioning baby carriage where you can push it. And the I think the wheels were like watermelon or something like And She just made that out of fruit because she wanted to make an edible arrangement, but she didn't want to buy it. She was like, I can do it myself and did it. I remember us making ice cream when we were little. I remember us making our own popcorn, just different Mm -hmm. types of stuff that she used to do when I was growing up that probably just fed into me wanting to be be creative. I just wanted to create with my hands because I saw her do it. So I I say, Auntie Christina, you are the reason why I'm probably the creative that I am because of you and just all the cool things and like science projects that we used to do. I'm appreciative of you. So I'd say that's my story in terms of just creating. And even when I went off to college, I painted every gift that I gave friends were something that was made for me because I feel like that's a little bit more um, sentimental, a little bit more impactful. So I had friends tell me, this is so good. You should sell this. Or, oh my gosh, Crystal, this is amazing. Like, I can't believe that you're painting this or you're creating this. You're so brilliant. And I just never took it further than that. I just kept it like in my circle. So I want to stay with that in a second for a second, because you mentioned you, you went to college, right? Mm-hmm. The accolades speak for themselves. I wasn't, I shouldn't have been a surprise when I read that off a few minutes earlier, but nevertheless, you studied in what this, this major at UCF that they need to change because it's too confusing, but like health science, preclinical, yeah. public health, whatever the hell it is. It's not yeah. art. It's nothing in the fine arts. Nope. Like what, you know, encouraged you or, you know, inspired you to pursue that as a career, at least what you thought would be a career, uh, you know, entering college back in, Right, 10 years ago now. Ooh, damn. Jeez, that's a good question. Yeah. That is so good. Um, I I think and I believe that I thought my path in helping people was gonna be medically. I don't know what it was. I knew I didn't want to be a doctor, so like a you know, a doctor doctor, but I knew I wanted to do something that just help people become better in whatever like realm that was. And when I got injured my sophomore year, so I had a hole in a tear in my patella tendon that took me out um, out for the season mm-hmm. and working with my um, PT, so my physical therapist, Sheila, she was amazing. And I recovered so like quicker than I was supposed to because of our relationship, what she was doing for me. And just, she was just, she was just great at her craft. And so for me, I knew right then and there, like, I want to do that. I'm an athlete. Athletes get hurt. They feel like their identity is taken away. They feel like they can't move on. I want to be the one that like still gives light to them to say, hey, yeah, you had a snag in the road, but you know what? We're going to get through this and we're going to push through. And also just learning about the body and the many ways that one simple thing can just throw off your whole balance. That just fascinated me. And so I just assumed that my my calling in life was just to help people in a medical sense. And it wasn't until being in our student athlete welfare and development office and connecting with different people. And I remember at a mock interview or it was a networking night, a woman on our um, campus, I think she was a Dean of, I can't remember what college it was, but she said she wanted to be a dancer. So she was like, I actually spent my whole entire life wanting to be a dancer. I went to school to dance. I did this, I did that. And she said, one thing that you'll realize is that the major that you pursue in college is not what your life is going to end up being. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her like she was crazy. (laughs) You're telling me I'm spending four to five years pursuing a degree and I'm not going to do that for the rest. (laughs) So what's the point of coming to college, right? Why am I here? Mm -hmm. I just did not believe her. And now look at me. Like I, I didn't go to grad school for what I went to, you know, what I pursued in undergrad. And even now, my my second job, I guess, is creating, doing art, nothing with medical, nothing with, you know, uh, sports business management, unless I paint something sports related, but it has nothing to do with my degrees. But for some reason, I found a different lane or different, like, venture for myself. So talk to us more about that, though, right? Because, you know, anyone who were to look at a resume, your resume, 
Mm-hmm. But even looked at your LinkedIn profile, there was a gap, like a, a bridge between undergrad um, and DeVos, right? Working yeah. for the Girls Club. Mm-hmm. So like, you still knew you wanted to work in sports or studying the welfare development in undergrad, but then you took a, talk to us more about what, what drove hey, you to hey, the Girls Club. Goodness, Tim. All right. All right. <laughs> so th- that redshirt year, so like I told you, I got injured. And so I had to sit out a year. That redshirt year was a very, I think that was a monumental year for me. Sure. It really was. So I was still, I was still pursuing um, health science. Even after I graduated, I still believe that that was what I was going to do. I actually tried to get into grad school at UCF. I think it was health, health, uh, health, no public health administration. So actually working on the office side or the administrative side of like working in the hospital. I really wanted to go to that. I would really want to get accepted into that program. Uh, did all my prereq, uh, even met with the chair of the program. We had a great relationship. So I knew I was going to be a shoe in that. That's just how sure I was. And I got denied. Mm-hmm. And I was devastated because like on paper, I should have, why am I not getting accepted? And the lady told me it was because I didn't have enough experience. And so I said, what do you mean by experience? She said, well, you don't have clinical hours. You don't have this. So how do we know that you're able to like, you know, um, not survive, but how do we know that you're going to be able to do the curriculum, actually succeed and all that? Well, I'm an athlete. <laughs> so I have practice. I have competition. Tre- I, I understand what you're saying, but I have another obligation that's actually paying my bills or paying my livelihood. So how do I do that? And I think a lot of student athletes, probably even now, the ones that we interact with probably have that same question. How can I do both? I know that I'm supposed to get this experience, but coaches, coach controls my life. I don't know when I have practice. I don't know when we have treatment and stuff. And especially in COVID, we don't know what's going to happen if we're going to have a competition this week. So that really was a devastating blow to me. So that Fifth year, I said, I'm going to do everything I can to get experience. I think I started um, shadowing a doctor, working at a free clinic. I started doing so much stuff because I wanted to get into grad school for the spring. Um, that, that fall semester, man, I took a sports business management class with uh, Buckstein. Shout out Buckstein, man. He is the GOAT. <laughs> and everybody talked about how great his class was because he's just so knowledgeable. He used to be um, a sport, a lawyer. So he used to be, um, yeah, he used to be a lawyer um, and worked with a lot of just great prominent names. But he just has a mind that <laughs> you just want to get into this world. So I took his class and I also took a hip hop class. I took other like little mind, you know, little like classes mm-hmm. just to get by. And yeah. it was my sports business class that really just spoke to my soul. And so that class was in conjunction with the minor to DeVos. So DeVos does have a minor um, at UCF. And that class was the minor, I guess, class. And he was also a part of the DeVos program. So he was talking to me about DeVos and, hey, what do you think about this program? And that wasn't the first time I heard about DeVos because my directors at the time, Marcus and Corey, were graduates from DeVos. A lot of people who come from our um, Student Athlete Welfare and Development Office somehow have a tie to DeVos. Either they were a graduate or they just know Dr. Lapchick in some way or some form. And Dr. Lapchick has also spoke to us as student athletes. We used to have all guest speakers. So he used to come on our side and just talk about his story, hearing his story. If y'all haven't, this man is amazing. And he's been through just so many things just to make sure that sports has a voice at the table. So that's all that fall semester, Buckstein trying to get me to de- apply. I didn't want to apply. Um, it wasn't until uh, the soccer coach at ECF <laughs> convinced me not even convinced me he actually like stalked me to go to DeVos um we met through uh SAC so I was SAC president my my senior year and we used to do this thing called well we do a swords awards and we used to make videos for swords awards and during the time where mean tweets was a thing um I went around to all the coaches in our AD and like did mean tweets with them because I thought it would be funny and why not bring some human side to our administrators (laughs) and he remembered me from that like never spoke to this coach after that or before then just for that mean tweet segment. But he remembered that really loved my personality and my energy. And he said, what are you going to do after college? And I said, oh, easy. I'm going to go to either PA school or some type of med. I don't know. I'm doing something medically. He said, no, you're not. What do you mean? No, I'm not. He was like, no, you're not. You are you are meant to be in DeVos. And I thought he was crazy because, again, I'm DeVos is for the elite. I'm not there yet. <laughs> but he said, no, you are you should be in DeVos. 
pushed him off, brushed him off, said he was crazy. He came and found me in the cafe, even brought one of his student athletes to come and find me and was like, no, we're walking on that side and you're going to go talk to the chair of the program. And that's what we did. And the rest was history. Wow. So you're going to talk more about that because I think there's some parallels. Um, mm -hmm. Not just in the skills you may have learned through undergrad and your grad program and how they influence, you know, what you see and how you see it. Uh, but then two, just something I just put it together, like, though you're not currently working in public health science, nor um, directly in sport business, mm -hmm. you're still creating an experience for student-athletes. So it's something I know you talk about a lot, not just in y'all's podcast, shout out to the Start of Five podcast, but also other podcasts and articles that have been written about you, which is dope. Mm -hmm. uh, but I want to transition as a segment too, to first talk more about the business and try to see if we can tie more of these things together. Um, so as you know, this season's focused on buying Black, right? Supporting yep. Black-owned businesses, Black-owned Black artists, um, Black entrepreneurs, et cetera. Uh, so before we get started, just talk to us more about what it means, you know, from your perspective to, to buy Black. What it means for me to buy Black is reinvesting in the community. Okay. You know, a lot of times you hear about other um, communities supporting each other and the generational wealth and all the things that come with it and how you're supposed to set up your children and your children's children for just great um, benefits in the future. And so when I think of buying black, I think of that. I think of being able to help an individual, help an organization, help a legacy create and build more, put more business people into the community, if that makes sense. Um, so I think buying black is just opening doors and creating opportunities for others to step into their purpose, but mm. also to, I don't know, put some flavor into the world or put a different spin that maybe we wish we would have saw when we were growing up. And now we have the opportunity to do it now. Like I shout out to you and, you know, your beer making skills, because <laughs> that was amazing when you like when you did the black life. Like, I just thought that was so cool and wanted to know more about like how you did that. I'm not in particular a beer drinker, but I want to support you because of the fact that you put yourself out there and not knowing what was going to happen. Uh, you just made yourself you just make yourself available and you never, you never know. And you probably do right now that that probably touched somebody or made somebody feel brave enough to also start their own business. I know for me, when I saw you do that, I was like, I can do it too. Yeah. Mine's is a little, mine's may look a little different. It's art. Yours is beer. But at the end of the day, we're creating something that's a piece of us and putting it out there for others to um, enjoy and also have us in their house. I like how you said that. And I want to say thank you for the uh, words of acknowledgement. Um, and you're not a beer drinker yet. Not yes. yet. Yes. I ain't been to Waco yet. If, if I see you, probably Houston for Blackstone Athlete Summit, we'll get you situated, but please, not yet. Please. Yes. I, I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I told the homies, but I want, but even with this buy a black piece, right. And it's something I'm continuing to think more about. Um, I guess both selfishly and personally, I'm like, I love just learning from other people, which I think mm -hmm. this podcast is a community platform for all of us to, to learn from and learn with. But last year, almost a year to the date, right. You know, just two months shy. Everyone posted that damn black score on Instagram, which you, this, if you listen to this podcast, you know I hated that shit. Yeah. And so now we companies are having these damn statements, Black Lives Matter, mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter, Stop Asian Hate, all, all these statements, 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 statements. Again, we know it's um, a lot of ways propaganda. Mm -hmm. or it's to be, or perceived to be propaganda. Yep. Yet to say support Black-owned businesses, or to say that we're buying from Black-owned businesses, I, I feel like there's still a gap there, right? Yep. So like what... Again, like what's missing? Like, I guess where to your mind, where's a disconnect? Because again, we'll say Black Lives Matter, but not support Black art. We'll say Black Lives Matter and not support, uh, you know, Black restaurants. Mm -hmm. But so like, for me, it's like, wh where are we falling short? And I say we as a, as a country and collective, but like, where, where are we falling short? Where can we grow? You know, Tim, that's a great question. And a question I think I asked myself a lot. And even when I was starting my business and creating art, I had to, I had to have a real conversation with myself because you've heard of the phrase like a starving artist or if you mm -hmm. pursue art, you're not going to go far. Or if you try to do an art degree, like what are you doing? You're going to be, you know, eating your, your degree after a while because it's, yeah. you, you're not doing much with it. Yeah. Um, and so I think I just, I think I had to ask myself, what am I really doing this for? Am mm -hmm. I doing it for fame, fortune, money, all this other stuff? Or am I doing it to tell a story, empower people, create more creatives? Cause I think everybody's an artist, even though some people say they're not, 
what is my real purpose for what I'm trying to do with my business? And even when I took my entrepreneur class that was here, that was one of the biggest um, topics for our class. What is your purpose? Why should somebody buy your art out of all the millions of art that's out there? What makes your art so special and what makes your story um, humbling or relatable to the average buyer? Who's your target audience? You got to ask yourself all these questions. And again, you may not even answer it in a month or two years from now. It takes time because, as you know, each generation is changing. But I think for me was what is the real purpose behind what I'm doing? If I go a whole month without selling art, am I going to be sad or feel like my art isn't worthy and stop doing it? Or am I just going to keep creating and eventually somebody's going to see it? I'll take the latter. I love to create. It's a self-care for me. It's a way for me to express myself when I can't find words. So why stop something because of monetary value? Because there's a monetary value behind it. That's how I think J. Cole said it works like when like. When, once I get, like, if I get don't, like, if I get sick of it, I'm like, I don't want to do this no more. If all I'm doing is chasing the paper, then I don't want to do this no more. And I think that speaks true because after a while, something that you care about becomes a nuisance to you. And now you feel like you have to create for the masses. And what I was, what my purpose was before I'm over here creating cards, I don't know, characters that wasn't even in my, in my sphere of, you know, that wasn't my thing. So I just think when it comes to supporting like black, you just got to figure out what your purpose is. But that wasn't your question. What the gap is, I, I don't know. That's, that's something that I, I'm still trying to figure out. My boss does a really good job of every Friday she buys black. She says that. She was like, literally, I take it. I take a moment to find black restaurants in the Waco community or even black um, organizations or black businesses. And I try to go and support them. I do that every Friday. And I thought that was so cool and so unique and so disciplined and consistent. She's not saying every single day, she's saying Friday. And she may go to the same restaurant or she may go somewhere different. But at the end of the day, she was like, my money is getting pumped into the black community. And I feel like I'm being connected with that business owner because they see my face at a, like regularly or consistently. They know that I'm here supporting them and trying to make sure that other people know about them. Cause she'll tell other people, hey, have you been to Blasian Asian? Or have you been seeing Waffle Chick? Oh, you need to go get their you know, X, Y, and Z. That place is amazing. And now you're bringing more people to their business or your you know, word of mouth, all that stuff. So I don't know if I, if I have the answer to that. And even as millennials now, like Tim, what makes you, what, what gets you from browsing to purchasing? I think that's also a real good question. If you are on Instagram right now and you're scrolling through and the sponsor page comes up or somebody we know is per, like, you know, creating something and selling it, like what gets you from, oh, that's really cool. And I like that to, I'm okay. Yeah, no, nah, I'm going to buy this. I want this to be a part of my life. I want this to be a part of my space, all that. Yeah, that's a good question for sure. And like, for me, it comes down to like connection, connection mm-hmm. and relationship, both um, personal really could be professional, but at the end of the day, like human. And so again, I mean, that's why, I, one of the reasons why I wanted to start this platform is because, I mean, storytelling gets to that human connection where we can relate mm-hmm. across whether identities or, or along, along shared identities. Um, and I don't think we tell each other enough stories about why, about who, <laughs> about what, you know what I'm saying, about when. Mm-hmm. We get caught up in like these damn, but whether it's positions, we as a country, collective, position titles, responsibilities, money, whatever. Like, what's your story? Like, what is your story? And I think for me personally, that, that's where I connect. Mm-hmm. So I like, I like small businesses. Of course, I love Black-owned businesses. But if I can connect, connect and relate to you in a way that is um, that's genuine, but also, you know, hits me uh, at a place where my purpose is intersecting with your purpose, yes. at least what I believe your purpose is to be based on what I see, um, then we're in a good spot. And so I'm glad you asked that question because for those who do not know, like, what is Crystal Creates? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and shout out to your entrepreneurship class. What, like, what's the purpose? What is your purpose? with the business at least yeah I got you and I wish I had my paper in front of me because I did a whole eight (laughs) weeks class about it and I had to write it all out but I should have it to memory and I'm still development developing it as it goes because I feel like there's so much to crystal creates but um what crystal creates is my business and the business is centered around just art and I say art and not canvas art or digital art or sculpture art or anything like that I don't make it specific because I'm still learning and I want to keep pushing myself and I want to keep finding new ways to I don't know stretch myself this past week I was able to be a part of this really cool um 
subscription box for the Waco community where they asked um, local, local small businesses to put a piece of their work into a box that, get, that was given to somebody who purchased the box. So it was really cool to be able to create 20 small three by three pieces. And if y'all don't know dimensions, it's like the size of your palm. Yeah. I've never painted that small before, but I wanted to try it because that was something new for me. And it was so cool to, to paint my big pieces, like the one that you see behind me, mm -hmm. to a small handheld piece. And that also helped me as an artist find out my levels. I just pushed myself to a new to a new level uh, just this past week in doing that it's by itself. So Crystal Creates is art. And that's it. Point with the period This art. And... <clears throat> Just more, just getting more into it. Uh, my purpose or the purpose of Crystal Creates is, again, just empowering people to know that they are artists themselves. So I did a paint and sip for Women's History Month, and that was centered around empowering um, women and just also celebrating us and the many things that we were able to accomplish in the year, in the past 20 years, 50, all that. And the painting was uh, called My Sister's Keeper. And how it was supposed to look was um, the painting was a woman with her back, like with facing her back, and her hand was on the woman next to her. But if you had your individual painting, it looked like the hand was cut off. So like, if you looked at it, you're going to ask like, what happened to the painting? Where, why is there another hand, but I don't see her hand is because 20 other women in the Waco community have the continuance of that painting. So we may not ever see each other again, but in some ways we're always going to be connected. And I wanted that painting to be a connective piece for all those women who came to be a part of it. Cause again, I'm, I don't know Michelle Obama. I don't know Serena Williams or Carmela Harris, but at the end of the day, I'm connected to them because of their story. Because they look like me, I know I can be whatever I want to be. And so again, they may not ever see me, but for some reason, their shoulder, their hands are on my shoulder. Like we're standing on the shoulders of our ancestors at all times. And so my art, I wanted it to be a connecting piece to our history, but also make you ask questions as to why did I do what I do? I know I had a series where I did your favorite um, cartoon character in turbans. Why did I do that? I love turbans. Um, my parents are from St. Lucia. So that has a very big significant behind me. And mm -hmm. so why not create that for your favorite characters? I did Susie Carmichael and Angelica Pickles. I did Lion King. I've done our Ariel from The Little Mermaid. I've done so many different things because I just think how cool would it be to have your character just rocking a like a headpiece. That's really cool to me. I've also done Frida pieces because I love Frida and her story about empowering women to break that ceiling. But I did her in black, like in blackface because at the end of the day, I'm a black woman. Mm -hmm. I identify with her, but I also wanted somebody that looked like me. So I did a Brita please, black Frida, boom. Just different things that I try to find myself or again, ask questions. I want, I want my piece to be a conversation starter. If you buy it and somebody walks in your house, I want it to automatically create the vibe that you're trying to look for. But I also want it to be something that when somebody walks past it, they have to stop and just look for a little bit. Just look. I like how you said that. And I like art period. That could be the title of this episode, actually. <laughs> art period. Spell it all out. But um, I think when you say that, though, it does bring to me just different stories that I've had trying to go through art museums mm -hmm. and some pictures I look at, I'm like, mm, it's cool. It's, it's whatever. Yeah. Others catch my attention. Like, well, how they do this? Who made this? Why? So, why did they make this? When did they make it? Cause of course, you know, the, the art that you've done post um, May, 2020 may look mm -hmm. made a lot different than what you did prior to May, 2020. Right. And so yeah. there's some historical context. We need to you know keep at the forefront of the conversation as well. But getting back to the story of Crystal Creates, because again, you were painting, I mean, mm -hmm. really since you were a small child smaller yeah. child and at some point you were like you know what i can make money out this but either because people like myself are like yo you selling this shit or people <laughs> want to buy it but like at what point did you move from you know ideation to execution of your business um, but also other platforms like your instagram as well that hold your pieces um to show so folks like you for sure were probably the reason why i took ideation to execution but also um I want to say my my best friend Ashley for sure. I've had like I've had a lot of people especially in college tell me, you know, you should do this, you should do that, but she has been consistently on me about, yo, you need to really like take this to the next level. Mm -hmm. I'm I usually send her pictures of like artwork that I'm working on, like what do you think or hey, just, you know, just wanted to show you this to you and the first thing she'll say is, so when are we selling this? <laughs> so when we like 
this is cool. This is cool. Like, thanks for, share, for sharing this. But so what are we doing with this? Is it just going to sit in your house and collect dust? Or are you going to put this out there for people to see? So after a while, I got tired of her asking me that. And I was like, you're right. I need to, I need to stop. But who's going to buy it? Like, I don't even think I'm that good. So why would I put myself out there for somebody to criticize what I'm creating? You know, back to what Erica Badu said, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. Like, literally, that's me to the T. And so I was like, I don't want anybody saying, oh, why does she shadow it that way? Or why is that shape that way? That's not even a heart. Like, what do you like? I didn't want that. But then it's my art. It's mine. And your interpretation of it may not be what my interpretation of it is or what yours is or what the next person at the end of the day, like your preference is your preference. Somebody's going to look at this and think this is the best thing they've ever seen. While somebody else might look at it and be like, "Eh, I don't really tell you my heart, my heart like that. And that's okay. And I have to be okay with that. The same way um, you may go to a restaurant that everybody raves about. And then you go in there and be like, this shit, like what? (laughs) Nasty as a mug. I don't even know what you talk. So yeah, burger. Yeah. Yeah, Whataburger. No, uh-uh, don't do that. Water, uh-uh, don't do that with the uh, Texas toast. Don't do that. Like Whataburger. Go ahead. Go no, it's like- not. <laughs> I run through a wall for some Whataburger. Don't you hey. dare do that. Hey, I say what I said, yo, but go ahead. Let me not interrupt you. I apologize. Yeah, no, nah, okay. I was about to ask, what you, what's, your, what's your food? What's your food of choice? McDonald's? Let me stop. Uh, yeah, sure, anyways, sure, sure. but um, I think during COVID, I, because, you know, the world stopped, honestly. Yeah. Yes, we were still working, but you had a lot of time to just self-reflect. And mm-hmm. I told you that painting is self-care for me. So I just painted a lot during um, COVID. And I was re- like really excited about some of the paintings that, w- that I was doing because of how, I guess, good it felt to me. And so I also like to do photography. I like to take pictures as well. And so I have a really cool setup in my bedroom. And something told me to take it, take it a step further and just, I don't know, pose with my art. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like I could just take a picture and and say it's my art or say it's not just a be- like a bedroom picture and nobody will think much of it. But for some reason, I was like, I just really want to put this art in my room, create a vibe or create a photo shoot or something that, you know, signifies this or something and just see what happens. Because I feel like all my artwork has to have some type of vibe to it or some type of message. And so I think the first thing I posted on my Instagram page to kind of go into Crystal Creates was a piece of a, it was a girl sitting on a book, like a a pile of books Mm -hmm. with, you know, reading. And I think on the side of her was my freedom, my first Frida piece. Like literally was the first time I've ever created uh, that Black Frida. And I posted it and walked away. I remember like posted it on my Instagram, walked away because I did not want to see what was going to happen. I think I came back an hour later and the amount of love that I got off that picture alone, people DMing me, people mentioning me in their stories. Everybody was literally saying, where can I find this piece and how much does it cost? And right then and there, I said, wow, th- I, think, I think this is something I can roll with. I didn't start my business right then and there. So just know I didn't go right off the deep end and say, yay, let's do it, let's go. No, it still took some time. I was still a little timid. I was like, first of all, I think I'm a nice person. You could tell me if I'm wrong, Tim. And I think <laughs> I'm likable. So I just feel like people just like the message because it's me and sure. they didn't want to hurt my feelings. But then I posted another one. Um, and this one was more targeted towards a black owned shirt business that I follow and love legend, legends roots, legendary roots. So, Hey y'all go ahead and like follow them and get their, get their gear. But I got a shirt that said dope black woman. And I think my piece um, was around just women empowerment, Black women in general. And that was a perfect just alignment. I took that picture, posed everything. They retweeted it. They were like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. A woman reached out to me saying, hey, how much is that whole entire piece behind you? I'll buy it right now and bought it. And that's when I said, "Okay, I need. And she was like, where's your Etsy page? I can send it to somebody. And I said, that's when I need to. Okay, Crystal, you're playing right now. And what was and what was that like what month month year i want to say it was literally last year probably april or may because i remember it i like remember it vividly because she lives in houston actually and wow. she, and i and i got to drive it down to her wow yeah and she was like i want that entire piece like for my office everything like i want that i already know where i'm gonna put it just just let me know how much what's the price and that's another thing didn't have pricing didn't know because again i don't think that my art was that that worthy and even when you give people prices sometimes you you dumb down the prices because you're like i don't want to 
I don't want to say something too crazy where it just throws them away or they're like, oh, that's too rich for my, like, even, even in starting business, y'all, it's so hard to just try to advocate for yourself and also know your worth because you just don't want people to be deterred. But if it's worth it, people are going to pay for it. And even when you dumb down your prices, somebody who thinks it's worth it will give you more because they're like, you're not valuing yourself. I've had so many people, when I give them a price, give me so much mu- so much more because they're like, you're playing. You're playing. You're like, honestly, you're paying me to take this painting away from you. That's how much you're playing. You're playing right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I love people who encourage me to do that. And I also love people who continue to ask me and challenge me to like find out what my menu prices look like or how to better advocate for myself. And my boss gets mad at me all the time because I'll do something. He's like, how come you didn't tell me you were doing this? And I'm like, well, I just, I didn't know if it was going to be a success. So like, I just wanted to see like test the water first before I brought, he's like, no, 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 no. You need to tell me because how am I going to, how am I going to be able to support you? And I'm like, I just, just, closed mouths don't get fed. You're absolutely right. Listen, listen, first of all, shout out to, uh, supportive supervisors, black supervisors, <laughs> back to y'all podcast, start a five podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, that support us, that's how it work, right? The CS yes. is more than our FTE um, responsibilities. Uh, but going back to the story with you even starting the business last, almost, yeah, almost a year now, mm-hmm. like just talk to us more about like, what are some of the lessons you've learned about yourself, about business life, about entrepreneurial life um, in your journey of, you know, starting and really building Crystal Creates to where it is today? Uh, just like wine, you get better with age (laughs) or you get better with time. Honestly, um, you said it perfectly. What I created last year around this time is nothing compared to what I'm creating now. If that makes sense. I feel that I'm getting better with each time I pick up a brush. Every time I put it to canvas, um, I feel that I'm not being stagnant. If that makes sense. I know with business, um, there's sometimes where you have a dead period of like writer's block or painter's block where just things aren't coming. Um, I'm glad to I'm glad to say like that hasn't hit me just yet. Uh, but I honestly believe that I'm just growing, growing. My entrepreneur class told me that you like what you decide to do right now is going to change like a year from now, two years from now, because your business might change. Mm-hmm. Again, we're as much as that my purpose is always going to be the same, the audience, the consumer is different. And so still trying to find my purpose while also trying to relate and encourage and connect, like you said, Tim, to the person who wants to, you know, purchase my, my products. So for me is just staying on top of, I guess, trends, but then also um, not painting things just to paint them. I, I don't want to produce anything that doesn't make sense, honestly, that I can't talk to you about or that I don't feel passionate about because you'll see it in my in my painting. If I'm not passionate about it and I'm just drawing it just to draw you, the lines might be messed up, the the crease of it might, you know, it just it won't it won't feel you won't feel it. And I think art is all about being able to feel. So I just think I'm growing and I'm continuing to learn new newer things. When I got my LLC, um, you know, approval, that was something new because you never think about you know, starting your business and making sure that you are protected financially in case things happen. You don't know about the whole business card and making sure that you have a credit card dedicated to that and not crossing funds and all this stuff. But you just learn so much more about how to advocate, again, for yourself. Uh, All about knowing your worth. When I put a price behind a painting, never differing, like never differing before like to something else. Like that's my price. That's what I'm going to do. If you don't agree, then that's what it is. But at the end of the day, y'all, every artist has an expense. Every artist has a bill. So I know a lot of times we want to say like, give me a discount or, you know, look out or things like that. Like we can't look out for too long because after a while we ain't going to be able to make no money. And every material that we're putting into our craft costs money out of our own pockets. So when we say buy black, we're talking about putting money back in the pockets of those who are literally trying to create a dream. That's literally <laughs> what it is. So I, again, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still new to this game. Uh, I'm glad that Waco has this class that I was able to be a part of, um, be able to learn with some great individuals who are also creators in the Waco community. But I think 
just the biggest thing is just knowing your worth and being consistent with it. Yeah. Tim, you probably can attest to it with this mm-hmm. podcast. Like you have to be on top of it. It's not going to run itself. You're your own person. You're your own like boss, employer, <laughs> uh, employee, <laughs> marketer, uh, just all, you're all of it in one. And anytime that you have like at least an hour of your day or 30 minutes, like try to, try to use it to think about how you can push your business further. I think that was something that I had to learn because I'm not going to lie, y'all. Sometimes I could be the biggest procrastinator. I know that for myself. I like to put things off a little bit because of just personal reasons. And then when it sneaks up on me, I'm like, why did I wait so last minute for this? The same thing with the business. Nobody is going to push my business but myself. Yeah, I might get to a point where it starts working for me on the back end. But in the beginning stages, that foundation, connectiveness is what I really need to do, which means that I need to be consistent with it. Mm-hmm. So if I need to keep posting about different artwork that I'm working on, I need to do that. I can't just hold like hold that to myself because nobody's going to know. How am I going to get upset about nobody buying my art when nobody knows that I put out five different things on my website? That doesn't make any sense. I'm shooting myself in the foot. So I just being consistent. It's hard. It really is. But that's what separates successful people from wishers dreamers thinkers my dad and you asked me it was in our questions but like a life motto my dad has always been a big advocate of saying to me Chris like from the time I was little never live a life of shoulda woulda coulda he always told me that never live a life of shoulda woulda coulda if you ever find yourself saying I should have or he was like that's no no and that's probably why I also say yes to a lot of opportunities it makes sense now because I don't ever want to feel like I'm I'm blocking my blessings because of being uncomfortable or not knowing what's going to happen. I said it on a call that I was on um, this past week. Um, on the opposite end of fear is opportunity. And I think that's what life is all about. We're just fearful of, of the unknown. If I put myself out there and it doesn't and it doesn't work out for me, do I stop or do I keep going? Because the breakthrough is on the other end. It's just a lot of like fear. And again, you can't live your life full of fear because I'm going to wake up 30 years from now and say, dang, I should have started that art business. Like, because I might see somebody else. Like, if not me, then who? There might be another Crystal Creates. And I'm mad because I'm like, I was doing all those things. And now, now look, somebody else is, you know, reaping the benefits of what I could, you know, things like that. So I'm not going to live a life of I should have did this. I could have. Nope, I'm doing it. And that's and that's it. Because if not me then who? Somebody else is going to do it. The same way, (laughs) if Benjamin Franklin did not create the life, like somebody else would have did it. It's not like it would have stopped at him. So just know that nothing stops that one person. Somebody else picks up or has the idea and decides to execute it. There's a difference between ideation and execution. Execution is the effort and the hard work behind it. Cause we're all ideas person. Tim, I know you have some brilliant ideas, but when it comes to executing it or putting the work in, it's like, where do I start? How do I, ah, I, I don't know. Every time somebody asks me about my art or like things that I'm doing, like you're killing it. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing y'all. Like I'm telling you right now, I'm just out here just winging it like straight chicken winging. Like just, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. I'm just doing it. Check this out, y'all. I tell, I'm laughing because I've been saying that shit. I, I told y'all, I think last season, season one, like I didn't know what the fuck I was doing the last two seasons. <laughs> I really didn't. And I'm slowly, to your point, like continuing to learn more, you know, trying to get better by listening to other people's podcasts, figuring yes. what I don't like, what I do like, how I sound, rerunning my shit back, seeing where I could have been more silent versus. And so it's definitely a learning game. And I think for me, it's knowing like when to, you know, step on the gas, but then also when to let up, right? And break. Mm-hmm. Well, I took two months off. I was like, y'all need a break, not just from the pod life, but like I'm in fucking school. Like, yes. <laughs> to graduate. So you like, you Evan Flo, I'm trying to figure this shit out at the same time. No, but I appreciate you for saying that too, Tim, because I feel like you and me are like the same in terms of like high performing people. Even when I met you at um, ELS, like you are just like a presence. You know that. Like you really are. Yeah, we were the same class. I don't know if you remember. See, that's what I'm saying. We were like, I I was a wallflower. So that's why you probably know me. You was on the stage killing it. But I get the the day like you have a presence about you that I may not. I didn't know you, but I knew like, yo, something's like a little bit different about you know, X, Y, and Z. And so for us being high performing people and feeling like we always have to do something, taking your foot off the brake or not the brakes, cause that's stopping. Taking your foot off the gas is, is 
almost being selfish, if that makes sense. Because you feel like I should be doing something. Why am I not producing? People are probably like, where Tim at? Tim usually always on the ground. He's not out here putting his stuff out there. Is he slacking? Is something? No, I'm taking care of me. Exactly. And that's all you have to say. Rest I'm taking care of me and that and that's it. You know what? I'm 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 in fucking school. I'm stressed. <laughs> it's okay for me to, to take a step back and say, what is going on with Tim and how can I get Tim back to his high performance self? Yep. And so even with the business, like it's okay to go on a hiatus where you're like trying to reevaluate yourself or reevaluate how you could be better. Cause I know your first episode one, you know, season one um sound is nothing compared to what you're doing right now. You probably go back and listen to that and be like, yo, whose man's is this? Why is there clacking in the background? I sound like I'm on somebody, um, Motorola talking. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just, you find so many different things, but you know what? You started it. Because you could have said, you could have listened to that first episode and say, you know what? I'm done with this shit. Like, this sounds terrible. People going to be like, this ain't, the, this ain't the type of things that Tim produces. All this stuff. You could have been really in your head, but you weren't. The same thing, like I said with me, what I painted last year, I'm thinking it was phenomenal or, you know, the, the best I could do. And then this past week, I did something crazy and I'm like, yo, this oh. is it. And then the year, the next year, it's probably going to be something else. And I, we're just going to keep getting better and keep adding to that jazz and that spice. But that's also why people follow us and they fuck with us too, because like I saw you at your raw and I see you growing and getting better and you're motivating me to want to do the same thing too. All I got to do is start. It might look a little ugly, might look a little shaky in the beginning, but if I keep on this path and keep like pushing at it, there's going to be benefits from it. Almost oh, definitely. Most definitely. And I want to take it to segment three. Um, I think you're trying to quote J. Cole earlier. He may have said this, mm-hmm. but I know Drake said, you know, moment I start having fun with it. That I'm was gonna... it. It was Drake, my bad, J. Cole, but because we were talking about J. Cole earlier. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And so like, when you, as soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, that's, that's been my motto for a lot of things I'm doing in life, right? When I'm, I'm not having fun, I'm not doing this shit. But you're having fun with Crystal Creates right now. Mm-hmm. So how can I best support you? How can our podcast family and community best support you? And not just your work, but also you as a human as well. Man, that's such a hard question. I get that. I get asked that a lot. How can I best support you? How can other people best support you in your endeavors personally? Prof- I just think... Because I think the the right political question... like the way, The right way to answer this would probably be like, buy my stuff. Just buy my buy my shit. Just buy it. But that's not that's not what I want. I don't want. You know how when you were little, and I don't know if you did this, but like the macaroni art, and you create it for your parents, and you're like, you give it to your mom or your dad or whoever's your caregiver, and they're like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing I've ever seen. I'm gonna put it on the fridge, and this is I want everybody to see it. And then you get older, and you're like, why the f- were you putting that macaroni out? Yeah. Like, it didn't even look. It was falling off the thing. Like this is not good. But it's because it was you that they supported you and they wanted yeah. you to feel like you were valued. For me, like I don't want anybody to use my art or feel like they have to buy my art as like the macaroni on the mm-hmm. fridge. You're my friend. I'm trying to support. Like, that's great. I love that because at the end of the day, that's what you want. But I also want, if you didn't know me, is this something that you would seriously want to buy and have be a part of your space? Like mm-hmm. I ask my friends this all the time when they're like, this is amazing or the fire emoji or heart this. I'm like, no, 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 no. If you didn't know me from a can of paint, I'm just this random girl that popped up on your timeline would you still have that same feelings connection hype all that stuff or would you just be like "Eh," and just keep scrolling that's what I that's what I want how you can best support me is obviously buy my art but then be supportive and be real Mm. like give feedback I love feedback on my Instagram page it says what I see I paint I Mm. also say like whatever you want I will make for you so at any point in time I like if you want something that is not on my page and just a, a random thought, let me know. And I want to be able to put your thought on paper or put your thought on canvas or something like that. And so how you could best support me is giving honest feedback. Cause I just don't want to say buy, like buy my art. Don't buy it unless you feel compelled to, but just be honest. I don't know. It's so hard Tim, to answer that question because I don't want to I don't want to say that because that's not me. You know, I feel like you should know that by now. I'm not a monetary or transactional person. Like if I can just give my art for free, but still have a like living, I would do it. But you can't because at the end of the day, you got you got to eat. But, but that's like that's how at least I know. Again, you don't have to say it. at least that's how I know that you walk into your purpose. Right. Like mm-hmm. you having fun. You at peace with what you're doing and not. Uh, basing your worth based on 
who and what buys what, right? Yeah. But before I say my next piece, um, it's probably rhetorical. I know it's a rhetorical question, but do you ship outside of Waco in Texas? Oh yeah, sure okay, do. Stop. All right, that's in stop. So I'll say it for you. Buy black, buy crystal shit. <laughs> she ships, and I would make sure that her link to her Etsy page is in the podcast description as well as our Instagram, um, and YouTube bio. Yeah, buy, I'll say it. Buy her shit. Get to know Crystal. Give her feedback too. But buy her shit first, uh, for sure. <laughs> but as we close, Crystal, man, like anything else you want to share, whether about entrepreneurial life, um, shit, personal life, professional life. You mentioned one of your models earlier, but anything you want to share with the people before we close out on this phenomenal episode? Uh. I would one piece of advice. Um, I would say that anybody looking or thinking about starting their own business or just wanting to be their own boss, do it. We're all the CEOs of our own lives, so why not just take that leap of faith? If it's on, if it was placed on your heart to do, just do it. It was placed there for a reason. You may be answering the question or filling the void of something that is needed in your community. I know here in Waco, they're trying to create an art like, like side. They really are. And so for me doing what I'm doing, I'm helping feed the community. We have a history. We do. If you look up Waco in terms of just like social injustice and all that stuff, we have, we, we definitely have a history. And so me being a black artist showcasing my blackity blackness that also helps other people walk into it who look like me and don't look like me. When somebody buys a piece that that doesn't look like them, I love it because obviously they're right. Then they're they're wanting to know, they're wanting to ask questions, they're wanting to understand why I painted what I painted. Or even when somebody sees something like, "Yo, this looks like me," you're filling a void and you're helping people connect and understand. So if you want to start a business, go ahead and do it. It's pretty fun. You learn a lot about yourself in the process. You sure you really do. You, you, <laughs> you either love yourself or you hate yourself. You're like, you're the worst worker, bruh. I don't even want to pay you right now. And it'd be you. Or why isn't this done? Oh, cause, cause I was supposed to do it. Can't blame nobody else but myself. So, hey, do it. Put your foot on that gas and just go, just go. Hey, Crystal, I got to say again, thank you for joining us today. Um, everything you shared, I know those who tap into this episode uh, will love everything you share, but also be become more familiar with who you are, right? And to your point about giving feedback and understanding your story and shit like that, that'll then prompt them if it didn't already, if I didn't already prompt them to buy your shit, <laughs> but to buy black and, and to support Crystal Creates, because again, it's something, and it's a business that um, is yours, um, something that you uh, started and created continue to, and continue to cultivate. Um, but before I forget, earlier, for those who aren't watching uh, via video, you put the air quotes. I have my little business. Like, you're a business <laughs> owner, bro. Like, that's, that's your shit. Own that, you're yo. right. You see me over here contradicting myself. You're right. I'm a business Own owner, that, y'all. Yeah. I, I was like, let me come back to this later. But I just came back to it. But I want to say thank you again. Nah, thanks. This is of dope. Course. But for everyone else, y'all, thank you for tuning in to episode two uh, of season three. Wow. Of the Buy Black um, season. Uh, thank y'all again for continuing to support us, not just on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but for those who are currently now viewing on YouTube. I look forward to having more unfiltered conversation with authentic millennial people since in our education, sport, and culture as we move throughout this season. But buy crystal shit, and as always, welcome. <laughs>